That's just the way it is. Things will never be the same. That's just the way it is. Oh, yeah. Yes, sir. We are back. Back again. Back again. <laughs> yes, sir. We're back again with this thing called Wooisms. Episode 20. 20. 20 piece. 20. Dub. It's a whole dub out here in the streets. We got them hair tubbing dubs. <laughs> oh, my God. Yes, sir. It's episode 20, man, of this thing called Wooisms. It's your boy, Woo. And I'm back at it again with the homie Big Hess. With Jay Easy. And we got a repeat offender in the building. Hey. Our news broadcaster. Hey. The hood caster. Yeah. The hood <laughs> caster. Yes, yes, yes. Hey, you know what makes it a hood caster? She said that Rona on the app. Oh, oh man. That Rona. Only for a bet, and I still need my fifty dollars, Jahan. Look, you pay me half. And when she dropped that, yes, bitch on air. Won't be But yes, sir, we have none other than the homie Osh. 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 In the building with us today, man. What do, baby? <laughs> yeah, man. When she hit us up last week, boy, she had a lot to say, and I said, "You know what? Come on back." Yo. And uh, I always have a lot to say. So <laughs> <laughs> yes, we realized that. Notice we had to take the other mic away because we like, <laughs> I was really wondering that. I was like, okay, <laughs> I'm triggered. Asha <laughs> 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 Aiko. <laughs> Yes, sir. We got uh, we got the good home of Asha back with us again, rocking. And uh, how y'all feeling today? Feel good, man. Feeling good. Feeling great. You know, got the hookah going. Yeah, hookah was absent last week. Yeah, because we had a different company around. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. but hookah back. Y'all had to be fresh. Yeah, so I, I get the ratchet. Yeah, stuff. yeah. Well, but, uh, you know, if if Asha staples, <laughs> <laughs> we're here with this. Yeah, then you know we would have to be a tad bit professional, oh, but we don't have Asha staples. No, we got Asha. Asha. Yeah. Man, I'm feeling real. I, I feel much better. Much better this week, man. Yeah. Much better this week. Uh, you know, in light of everything that has happened, you know, with Amal Arbery, Brianna Taylor, uh, George Floyd. Right. Man, I, I feel I feel a whole lot better in how we're progressing. I yeah. think I think, man, this this may be 
the silver lining that we need in the black community. You can start to see traction. Change. Before where it was just like, we're upset. Yeah. And yeah. hashtags. And yeah, hashtags. Yes. And then after that, it just died off. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, you actually see some things being put in place. You got a lot of people that have, I won't even say like, well, not like, well, I would say like a bigger voice or a seat at the table that are actually doing things. Right. And that's that's really good to see. Man, on to my, like, what made me realize and think that this is going in a good direction is the attraction that has came behind, uh, you know, the traumatic passing of George Floyd, man. Like, I just think back out, out of all the, uh, the deaths that occurred over the last decade, um, I don't know what sparked the black <laughs> community, but, man, like... You know, just seeing the protests going on, seeing uh, seeing the memorial, man. Like his memorial was like on CBS. It was, you know, it was televised. Yeah. And uh, then I, I figured I was like, man, this this may be what we need to get that spark in the community. Yeah, throughout the world, man. Like, yeah. bro, they said all fifty states. And then, like, 12 countries overseas. Yeah. This morning, I heard, like, 18. Okay. You know, like, just all 50 states had protests, demonstrations going. Mm-hmm. 12 to 18-plus countries, you know what I'm saying, around the world. And, I, you know, it, it made me feel like we, we are in a place that we want to see change, that change has occurred. And, and I... I felt a little better this week. I and really not just did. with the black community, but everybody coming yeah. together and, you know, finally having those uncomfortable conversations and speaking out. Because, you know, you first started seeing all those people say, um, you know, black people posting, if, if my white friends are seeing this and not spe- and speaking out and saying something and addressing it, then are you really my friend? Um, taking up for not only me but my race in general and recognizing that there is a problem and you know asking what they can do to, to, to be louder about the issue or understanding right Man, or maybe I, just empathy because you don't you won't ever understand if you're not right. that person but right. having that empathy and and realizing that there is an issue a bigger issue than people want to live in their bubble and not see taking right. their blinders off well I, I you know I know I said it more than once on on the podcast. We are by no means a racist podcast. But, and I have, you know, I have white friends. um, Military brothers in arms. White friends that I grew up with. By no means am I racist. But, I am... I can't. I can't lie. Like the discomfort that some white people are having right now, I'm for it. I'm for it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, even like you know, some of my Caucasian friends and colleagues, man, they've like wanted to talk about it, mm-hmm. which is different. Mm-hmm. Typically, when it's when things like this pop off, it's like let's talk about everything but that because right. of the discomfort. But like what you said, the dialogue is being, is there, which that was one of the big missing pieces is that nobody wanted to talk about it. Mm-hmm. 
Like, we could talk about it amongst ourselves, mm-hmm. and I'm pretty sure they talk about it amongst themselves. But this is the first time that I know of to where, like, we're talking with each other. Mm-hmm. They're trying to get, so they're trying to get some type of understanding of what's going on and being like, man, I, 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 I get it now. But, I, I, and I'm going to go on a little and say it, and I feel like as a whole, they still got a lot of learning to do. And they're white people. You are in a lose-lose situation right now. <laughs> Woo, what do you mean by that? Well, I will damn sure tell you. <laughs> because if you stay quiet, you are in a bad situation. Yep. Because you don't want to discuss it. Yep. If you discuss it and you say the wrong things, you are in a fucked up situation. Yep. So what is Wu saying to you white people? Just sit back, shut the fuck up, and observe. Hmm. That's what I'm saying. Because I don't want you to be in a bad... If, if I fuck with you, I don't want you in a bad situation. Like, I, 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 I don't, you know, I don't know everybody's perspective. But I've been seeing some white people at the forefront. Yeah. I mean, it, it's been shown throughout history. You know, white people or freedom riders... You know, some believed in the civil rights movement. Some lost their lives. And I feel like history always repeats itself. So, some have good intentions. Yeah. Some are just trying to show face to say, hey, I'm not a racist. Right. But what's, so I was talking to one guy and he was talking about his dad and how he's trying to, he was trying to have this conversation with his dad. And his dad was just, you know, basically just saying all the racist things mm-hmm. that you can say. And then he was like, but I'm not racist. It's like, you're racist in ignorance. Mm-hmm. Because you don't even understand. It just shows lack of understanding. But I don't think before they even tried to, I think it was more of saving face. Mm-hmm. Let me just say this so you don't think I'm a racist, but deep down, this is what I believe. Right. You know, and... um so I think that now that we got a lot of more people seeking understanding, that's a good thing. Mm-hmm. You know, and you can tell by the protests that are going on. So how y'all feel about the protests and everything that's going on? I'll say it's a lot to digest, not only to um, to see it and be like, dang, it's 2020 and this is still going on, or this is mm-hmm. this is still an issue we have to talk about or address or whatever. Um, I know for me, I have been trying to avoid looking and watching it just because I'm trying to protect my mental. Because a lot of things that I just don't understand, like even just me being a black woman, married to a black man, having a dad, and like, you know, black friends and people I consider brothers. It's a lot to process in that aspect, but then to watch it across the country and and see it. But it's it's great to see people coming together um, with the protesting and even more so, you know, the things that touched me the most is seeing those those officers and those military people that we are trying to get the message to, I guess, in a sense, to have certain things resonate with them and then them seem like they're trying to understand and make a difference. So you see different people praying with the officers or military people or, you know, trying to have that open dialogue. I know that, um, God, what is her name? Kiki Palmer 
uh, that was a mm-hmm. video recently that I saw when she was just really being vocal and talking to some of the, I don't know if it was military people or police or somebody, and yeah, you could see that they were kind of, yeah, that they were kind of, they were trying to kind of listen. At first, it was seemed like they were kind of like laughing her off, but then they were like, okay, yeah, 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 we get it, and right. you know, trying to understand. So it's like a, it's just a lot of emotions, especially like as a black person to watch just all in a rush Mm -hmm. and then i think that in the back of your mind you're also thinking about personal experiences so that's like another subconscious emotion um it's a lot it's a lot to deal with the process and then just to put on a mask and go about your day like maybe nothing's really happening in a certain sense i don't know man um i know um you know when i was in the military and, you know, I was talking to one of my homeboys uh, that works at the post office with me. He's still in the military. Um, it's, it's certain things that we can and can't say while being in the military, while being in uniform, uh, about government, about our commander-in-chief. Um, for, for, you know, civilians, that's the president of the United States. Um, it's certain things that we can and can't say. It's, it's you know, only so much we can uh, divulge about mm-hmm. certain topics, uh, so it it's, it kind of puts, especially, you know, when I was in when I was in the military, I was a black officer, um, so I know, and Sean, you could attest, like even when we was in ROTC, and when I spoke about you know the whole colonel situation, mm-hmm. and you know it pissed Colonel off. Uh, and I, I said this, you know, I talked about this this incident once before. Um, you know, it was our senior year, and we had to fill out scholarships. Uh, it was part of, part of our class. We had to fill out scholarships, RTC scholarships for college. And you know, I told I told uh, you know my my colonel, he was uh, our senior officer, white guy. I told him I said, no, nah, colonel, fuck that. I'm not finna you know fill this RTC scholarship out because I'd be obligated to join the military and I'm not finna fight for Bush because Bush don't care about my black ass and that pissed him off I didn't understand it at the time and I don't even think we really talked about it after that it's just kind of one of them things where we just let it die down but by me being in the military throughout the years I understood you know I was out of line so uh, like trying to get that dialogue from Military personnel, black military personnel, black military—I mean, black police officers—it it puts them in, in a situation. You know, we always talk about freedom of speech, but freedom of speech is only so much, right? You know, but for me, like I applaud all the protests, all the demonstrations that have been going on. Mm-hmm. You know, it just like you said, it's twenty twenty. All this stuff we only learned about in the history books. The little minute information that they shared with us coming up through school. You know, uh, if we had those black people in our lives, our our family members, um, neighbors, the people that we looked up to, they told us more about the civil rights movement. They told us more about <clears throat> the march uh, in Selma across the Edmund Pettus Bridge. Yeah. You know, they went in depth about that stuff. But most of the stuff we we learned we learned through through our our education or what they wanted us to learn. Right. Um, but to to you know come full circle and we you know we're still fairly young, you know, and for us to be living it and seeing it 
as, you know, our our aunts, uncles, grandparents, great grandparents, you know, seeing them what they listening what they went through and then seeing it for ourselves, it's kinda like, wow. So I open. And for me, like everything that was going on, I'm like, yes, I'm for it. I'm here for it. Uh, what I'm not for is the free fall looting. <laughs> you know. And and, and I, I go I go on the record and I'll say, hey, my black people, I love y'all to death. But don't take that looting shit as a uh, uh, as a, a a free pass, and just go into our neighborhoods, into our society, and break that shit down. Yeah. Because guess what? It's gonna be harder for us to rebuild after this shit dies down than our white counterparts. Right. They've been doing this shit for years, taking out big insurance uh, policies. You know what I'm saying? Working the system. Yeah. And, you know, we're fairly new in this shit. So it's going to take us longer to rebuild what we have in our communities. Yeah. Yeah, because it's, it's not like they, it's like not the people that are looting or, you know, I would even say rioting are like, it's targeted areas. Like they just, right. it's everywhere. So like, it's not just white businesses that are suffering. It's, you know, you destroying black properties as well, man. So I agree with you. It's like I heard a statement earlier this week. It's like you know, it's it's great to protest, but like not necessarily to riot. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, and then that's where I think where that divide is. Where well, who is doing what for what purpose? I saw someone post um, a status where her her son was getting dressed, wanting to go protest, protest or riot. I don't I remember the thing. And she asked him, "Well, why are you going out there?" He couldn't answer what his purpose was for going out there. Okay, well, you need to stay home. Right. And I think that that is the divide of people. Like, even, you know, seeing here, bringing it closer home to Mobile, you know, me working in the media, me seeing last Sunday where people were protesting and doing it peacefully and trying to start that conversation in downtown Mobile. Then you had the separate protest that kicked off off airport. Mm-hmm. Like, it was like two different atmospheres. Right. And it's just like, well... Are these the younger people who just want to be out because they want to be out and they want to try to make a scene and try to make it, you know, you know, blow it up maybe a little bit more than what it was anticipated to be or expected to be versus the downtown protesting and, and stuff like that. So it's just like if you don't have a purpose or a reason or you don't really understand and you just want to be out to be out, you need to figure that out. Well, I mean, one one quote that just resonated with me was uh, a quote by Martin Luther King Jr. And he said, a riot is the language of the unheard. Mm. I like that. And that resonated with me because we have been unheard for so long. Mm -hmm. Remember, uh, Sean, I came on, on a podcast, uh, Maybe a few episodes ago, man, and I said like initially, I was tired. I didn't want to talk about it. Mm-hmm. Just tired, you know. It's like every time we tune in. That's why I initially, you know, I, I I've always said I don't like watching the news because it's never anything positive, especially this last decade. 
Like, every time you turn around, it is a black life lost to the hands of police. And I was just tired of talking. So I feel like, I feel that quote by MLK. Yeah. But I I like that it's more action now. Yes. You know, like we were talking about prior to this, too, is that you see people, you got, like, you know, people investing money into black communities. Mm -hmm. You know, like what Jordan... It's a hundred million over the next ten years into um, black communities and something else. Mm-hmm. You know that's that's positive. That's mm-hmm. really good, and it's going into the right place. Yeah. You know, I think Dak, um, Dak Prescott donated a million dollars to. Um, it was more for like racial education mm-hmm. within the um, police enforcement and combat. Um, education something of that nature like that's that's positive and it's going into the right places so i think as long as we're continuing to move forward the protests are doing what they're doing yeah man not uh kanye 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 yes two million but then he set up the uh he set up the, the, the trust fund the, the trust fund the trust for, fund for, for uh, george floyd's daughter yeah and he uh he went back and he, he, you know, put that money back into like Chicago. Yeah. And and you know, I don't care what anybody says about Kanye. That was a big move. Yeah. That was a righteous move. Yeah. Man. But that just shows how much the dollar talks. Yes. Like you know, we talk about it from like a local standpoint with the Lil Brian produce situation. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> oh, 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 man! Look, hey, we we gonna we gonna yeah. we gonna talk about council yeah. council culture. Yeah, yeah. When we come back from yeah. the break. <laughs> yeah, 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 right, yeah. right. But like, that's what that some bitch get. Yeah, right. But just you know, something like that to where it's like you know what, let's not go burn his establishment down. Let's just deter people from standing across the street. We're gonna deter people from shopping. That there. and making him uncomfortable because he has not been back to that. Day no, <laughs> not at all. And even they, I think what Channel Five did a story with about it, and his parents sat in mm-hmm. for him. Oh, but yeah, oh, but the ri- the original oh. little Bryans is in theater. And the fact that you, you know her, I don't know if this is going into the next segment, but the fact that his parents were sitting there saying, "Well, he's he's been getting death threats, and he's did a death." And then one of the community members that they met with, he said, well, your son's uncomfortable about this one situation that he brought up himself. I'm uncomfortable every day I walk out my house. Right, mm-hmm. right. Exactly. I have a son that I have to worry about every day that he's doing something. Exactly. So think about that fear yeah. for his life versus your son's now doing this because he tried to make a joke mm-hmm. on social media for one one instance one day. Right. Like, really? You want to compare that? And then they was like. Okay, like, <laughs> damn, I'm not saying that doesn't make any sense. Man, it, it was crazy, man. Like one day we were on, we were on our little family like Facetime, like me, my mom, and my sister. And then, uh, you know, I was trying to get off. I was trying to get off the phone, and my mom was like, "Well, okay, yeah, I'm gonna let you go. I gotta call my, I gotta call my baby son and see, you know, see what he had, see what's going on." Because mm-hmm. I, I, you know, I ain't talked to him. You know what I'm saying? Right, like, exactly. It we we have to do. we're checking on our people more than normal. Mm -hmm. You know, like just by me coming over here, I can't tell you the the amount of police that I've seen just sitting off in in, in the cut. Mm -hmm. 
Right. And shit, I'm, I, man, lately, I, I just have, I have a, my, my military ID, my driver's license, my pistol permit, all laid out on, on, on my, on my, my front seat. But shit, I don't know <clears throat> when or if I'm going to get pulled over. Right. And again, that's just a fear because. that they don't. They don't understand. They, they, don't, they don't know. They you don't know, know, I got on to her, my husband, about that. Um, Herm has a very, especially in college, and even now, he will fall asleep by just closing his eyes and taking a deep breath. He's he's out. And there was, a, there was one, I don't know the guy's name, but he was, I think he was shot and killed in a drive-thru. He fell asleep. Mm-hmm. Herm is notorious for falling asleep in a drive-thru. And I used to, you know... I would call him and call him and call him, not because I'm mad he's not home by 2, 3 o'clock in the morning, but because I know he's falling asleep somewhere in the car. There's been plenty of instances where his friends will leave him sleep in the car because he won't get up. And it's just like, I'm fearful of that. If I don't know you're home or you're with your friends or you're in like a house, you're falling asleep. That's something that I know my white friends don't think about. Their, you know, boyfriends or guy, their dad's thinking of what, you know, doing with the Ahmaud Aubrey thing going on. I think I saw Herm decreasing his outdoor runs because he, that set, and I think that hit a little bit different for him to realize that that kind of stuff is happening. Now, he doesn't watch the news at all, but like to see people talking about it and to know that that was just somebody out jogging and was mistaken for a burglar, he lost his life. And I think, you know, now that he's out more, he's doing stuff, like that's something that they will never understand right. and have that fear you know, my biggest fear is becoming a hashtag or a, a news headline. Mm-hmm. Even um, Amazon CEO, I saw something this morning where an employee, because Amazon on their homepage, you know, Black Lives Matter, we stand in solidarity with you. And he had an, uh, it was a customer that sent him an email saying, hey, you know, I don't appreciate you having Black Lives Matter on your homepage. I think it should be All Lives Matter. And he was like, and his thing was... Well, the reason that is Black Lives Matter is because my son doesn't have to worry about, and I don't have to worry about my son getting pulled over and dying. Mm-hmm. You know, where they do. It's a movement that's specifically targeting or trying to bring awareness around the racial injustice in this country. Yeah. So that's why it's Black Lives Matter. Man, let's talk about this uh, response to when we say black lives matter and our Caucasian people say all lives matter. To me, that's an underlying statement for a racist to sound like they're not racist. Yeah. I'm not racist. I have a black friend. Oh, right. yeah. my, my brother-in-law's black. Right, exactly. Okay. exactly. And yeah. it's like, the thing is, they, they say that to try to make it seem like we're like Black Lives Matter is some type of cult or we only concerned about black mm-hmm. people. But it's just like bottom line, like we don't have to have a movement for y'all. Right. And this, you know, y'all not are not suffering the same injustices as we are. So therefore, like, we have to have something specific for us. And that's like that, um, I think it was a TikTok of this white girl kind of explaining that Black Lives Matter in like a different sense. Um and she, it was like a house burning, and she was like, "We gotta save these people. This house is burning." And the person, the other person, was like, "Well, what about my house?" They're like, "Okay, well, your house isn't burning, so why are we concerned about your house?" Right. 
okay, but these people are dying over here, so we need to go save them because their house is on fire. But what about my house? And it's just like that same thing. Like that's the perfect analogy. You don't like <laughs> it, does, it. Doesn't even it does not like when do you ever like I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say that you don't ever see police being super aggressive with you know white people too. I've seen it. I've seen dash cam video, body cam video. They are. Yeah, but most but of the time, most they're first of all. Let's shoot the shit straight. But hold on, white of, people are intimidated by black people anyway. Yeah, in any sense of light they because we got swag we got flavor we have culture we got we, melody we're, uh, we're, you know we're i think we're aggressive by nature because we've had to be and something about that attracts people that dominance and i think mm -hmm. that they're inferior like they're inferior to that in general so if you if you have a white cop in a black neighborhood and approaching a black man He's going to feel threatened. He's going to feel like he needs to protect himself or go, up, you know, meet force beyond what is being met with him, whatever, however it's in police terms. Versus a white person, like, they're not as threatened because, I mean, what the fuck is a white boy? Well, I mean, but we're taught, we're taught that everything black is either negative or nasty. Mm -hmm. Black jelly beans. Black jelly beans. Licorice. They black are licorice. licorice. They are I haven't really had black licorice. Dark. The night. Yeah. I mean, there's even. But then you have. Racism with the black But then black you have ice. light. You have white. White is pure, innocent. This is yeah. what we're taught. Yeah. Growing up. You know what I'm saying? And then. When you see those old slave movies or those old war movies, it's always a prime example in, in Django. I've never seen that. They had the, uh, the 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 two slaves fighting for each other, fighting against each other to to establish dominance. You know. Right. Showcase this animal. Yeah, I'm gonna say like animals, yeah. You know what I'm saying? So society has pushed that narrative yeah. about the black person, about the black individual. You know, going back to uh when you said uh few far in between white people get pulled over by the police. Just you know, I coming over here, I miss I miss my turn. And I went all the way, I went around all the way in uh, Timmons Corner. Uh, but I was passing by, uh, I can't remember what it was, but uh, it was two police, they were black, and a white person was, they were talking to a white person. A white person was hot, looked like a meth head. Mm -hmm. Nine times out of ten, those are the only ones that you see. That have been apprehended by police. Or apprehended aggressively. Yes. Yeah. It's 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 never I've never seen like a white person and I, I you know, I'm just saying, uh in uh a Brooks Brothers soon die briefcase. Yeah. Or you know the Karen's. But, yeah. But let let me be in a suit and tie. Right. Oh, what's going on? Yeah. You know? 
Right. I mean, like, I, I deal with, like, with my job, I deal with non-profits, and I deal with um, state, local, and federal accounts. So I'm in contact with most mostly Caucasians. And, of course, I come in, button down, slacks, or whatever, but still it's just like, like, say if I go for it to a meeting and I'm, like, in Pensacola somewhere, and then I go to a coffee shop. I'm just going to go to the nearest coffee shop by me because I got to get to my next stop. I'll go into a predominantly white one, and they kind of look like, well, you know, what you doing here? You know, why are you here? Like, I know you, you know, you, you look okay, but still kind of standoffish, mm-hmm. you know, because basically because I'm black and they're white. It's like, look, man, I'm not going to come in here and flip over some, some scones. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I got, I just want a cup of coffee. And a place to sit mm-hmm. so I can do some work in between my appointments. But even in that setting, it's just like, oh, my right. God. You know, they stand on it's like they on, on guard. Now, I, you know, I will say, man, um, I mean, me and Gerald, we've been knowing each other since elementary school. So we've been around white people like damn near all our lives until we went to the floor. <laughs> and uh, I've never blatantly experienced racism here in Mobile. Mm-hmm. Here in Mobile. Never blatantly experienced racism. But I remember this one time when I was out in Texas when I was stationed out there. And uh, it might have been after I went to church or something and uh, I had went to uh, I don't know. I think it was it may have been like a coffee shop or something. And I had a I had a white lady, you know, standing behind me or whatever. I you know talking to the cashier, nice as possible. Lady got her order, and then she was like, "You talk so eloquently." Right. Like I'm not. Bitch, I'm supposed to be hood. Right, right, right. <laughs> or you uh. She was like, Woo, woo, woo. Uh, you know, I'm quick and smile. Okay, you, thank you. You carry yourself then, so well. Yeah. And, uh, oh, you you dress so nice. I don't understand how they don't see that that is offensive. Yeah. Right. Like, right. I'm pretty sure, like, in your line of work, you get that all the time. Oh, D-time. Yeah. That, and I hate when someone calls me cute or adorable. Yeah. Like, First of all, I'm 30 years old. I am not a puppet. <laughs> Do not call me cute or adorable. <laughs> And then they will ask me where I'm from because I don't talk like I'm from Mobile. So, you know, not only do I speak well and enunciate, yeah. they know that I'm not from because I don't have that southern, that real southern, southern twang and draw. Mm-hmm. I'm like, like oh, okay. <laughs> well, what, what part of Atlanta? I'm just like. And then I hate the, the thing of like, you know, I was talking to a friend about this before I came here, me being the exception of the black person that's good Mm. or groomed. You know, I grew up in a predominantly white area, predominantly white school. And so, you know, being around white people, they probably have this stereotype or this, you know, this thought about black people, but, Oh, well, your friend Asha, she's, she's the good one though. Like she comes from a good home, nice neighborhood, speaks well, dresses well. Yeah. And Mm. it's just like, why am I the exception? I just happen to be blessed to have parents who have little money and they can live with y'all. Right, 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 right. But, you know, I think it's, you know, although the dialogue and stuff is is being 
you know, it's starting to happen. I think we're a long way from where it should be, like, for reasons like that. Right. Because that, that, that underlying stereotype is going to be there for a while. Mm-hmm. You know, because it's just, it's, it's embedded, you know, for whatever reason. It's not fair, but that's just what it is. Right. And I think a lot of, like, you know, speaking kind of back, backtrack to the protests, you know, seeing these... You know, me being from a media point, we work, work off sound bites. So people giving us good, raw, emotional sound is always compelling. And so we use that. And I think that what we've seen is a lot of people crying out. And what I've seen, especially when the process really first started, is, you know, seeing... I have to swipe right so I can not watch the live comments come across on live Facebooks or whatever. Because it just makes me mad. You know, you have somebody, you know... I feel like black people are very aware of our emotions and we express ourselves and we get loud and we get aggressive and we do this and you know, whatever. But just because I am, I think I posted this on, on Facebook, you know, stop confusing our, what did I say? Stop confusing uh, our, our uh, passion for a topic for as aggression. Mm-hmm. We are fed the F up. Yeah. Let us feel that and express it and be mad. That doesn't mean that after I finish this one sentence, I'm going to take this brick and smack it upside the head. Right, like, right. we're like, stop confusing our sadness, our anger as aggression because we're not going to be aggressive at the end of this. Let us feel our emotions. And that's why I think a lot of people in the black community, anyways, when we talk about mental health and dealing with our feelings and feeling like they're valid and be, doing better to be better, that's why it's an mm. issue with us because. You know, I recently just started therapy, so I guess you guys should try it because it's great. Um, and, you know, that's one of my issues and that I'm realizing is that I've never felt like my feelings were valid or like I could express myself and someone understand why what they did made me feel a certain way and me be able to express that. And I feel like a lot of people in the black community, we feel that, that pain because people always say we are... Um, you know, being sensitive or we're always making a race issue out of something or, you know, just our feelings aren't valid anyways. And I think that when you see those strong, you get that strong sound from people that doing those live interviews and people are screaming and, and crying on TV, that is their, like, their emotions are at this boiling point that they just need to get it out and release. Man, well, and I, they confuse I, it for I, I, feel, I think you feel like you still, like, um in front of the news camera because you was like, people are just feeling F up. Right. <laughs> well, I, you know, I just... <laughs> like, she just edited her herself. So, we are. with, with, that, with that being said, up. with that being said, <laughs> we're going to take a commercial break because we're going to refill our cups and we're going to let Asha gain her composure and let her realize that she is with the fellas today and she can let the saying. F bomb fly. But... When we come back from commercial break, let's talk about let's let's talk about how forgiving black people are. Cancer culture mm-hmm. this week that has been going on. And where do we see this going when we come back from commercial break? All right. All right, we are back. We are back. We can refill cups. We can choke on Luca. Refill so, bitches. You know, we yeah. <laughs> so we good. We, good. <laughs> <laughs> we back, man. We you know we've been talking about the protests that's been going around, going on around the world, 
And, um, you know, before we left, one of the things that Wu brought up was, you know, we want to talk about how forgiving we are mm-hmm. as a society. See how she like politely tried to cough. That's yeah. a professional cough right there. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we want to so I'm triggered because I didn't want to talk to him so much. Okay, I shall I go. <laughs> but um, I'm gonna kick it over to you, man. So like, you know, you know, talk about that, man. Like about how forgiving we are as a society, man. Like, we are the most forgiving people in the unforgiving situations. Mm-hmm. What do you mean by that, Woo? Well, I'll tell you what I mean by that. <laughs> Out of all the shit that black people have went through, been through, going through, throughout the years, even after the Emancipation Proclamation, the proclamation when we got emancipated from slavery, <clears throat> You know what I'm saying? Like, we are always, time and time again, forgiving. Um, I can't remember if it was The Breakfast Club I was listening to, if it was Shannon and Skip, but somebody made the comment that we're forgiving or we, we should be forgiving to the white people. And for why? For why? For fucking why? <laughs> Why would I be forgiving right now? Yeah. I think back in the Botham John case. Black guys in his apartment. White police officer walks into his apartment. Kills him because she said, oh, I thought he was in my apartment. What? Okay, so after she got her sentence... His brother said, Judge, can I go over there and hug her? For why? You know, I think that that has a strong thing to do with our faith. And I feel like black people... Girl, you almost made me curse the faith. But I would not do it. (laughs) No, I'm going to tell you. I feel like, you know, we never had anything. You know, back in the day, we had nothing but our faith. To, to, to hold on to. Fact. And my mom actually wrote about this. She's a journalist and writes for the AJC. She just shared a column that she did maybe, I think, two or three years ago. And it, it talked about that. You know, when, when, when you don't feel like you have anything else, you got your faith to hold on to. And I think that because of our faith teaches us to forgive, you ain't got to forget nothing. But to have a soft heart and and forgive people because that's what Christ would do and, you know, all that stuff. And that might be why. Not say that the the bigger the, the, the people in those instances that we see that are publicized on on, uh, you know, media platforms or whatever. We always see that because I don't think I have that same heart as somebody because my faith ain't that strong. As I, know I, I know I ain't. I know and I'm you not probably that ain't that, that strong. Oh, your no. So... <laughs> But I think that, that that's, that's probably one of those reasons. In that case, they were very uh, Christian folks. Even his mom being up there to be in testimony and to talk about her son. You could tell that her strength cometh from the Lord. Come and it did come from the Lord because you couldn't tell. You could not pay me to go stand on a stand and talk about my mama, my brother, my husband, my sister. And look at the face of the person that ended his life. Well, I'm not the most... Religious person, but I I try to 
I try to live my life. And I think that that comes with close to the Bible. Yeah. But <laughs> and, I think and that I'm, that I'm gonna let the Lord fight some of my battles to that. <laughs> but I'm gonna get off some of this anger. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I know we're supposed to forgive and forget, or uh, some something like that along those lines. I might forgive a little bit, but I ain't gonna forget. No, the Bible right. say forgive, but don't say forgive. So like, and I, I think once you reach that maturity in your faith, and I think that it's an everyday struggle with some people, but you know. I think that that is one of the things, especially in the black community, we've we've had nothing but that. Man, to, we to we are at a point to. to me. Uh, I feel like we're at a point where it, we can't forget. Why? So, I, like the piggyback off that though, like I can forgive you, as in like the incident, but the relationship is not going to be the it's same. It's going to change, right? It's not going to be the same. So that's why, like, I can forgive you as far as like. Not harboring that and me just being like angry every time I see you because like I feel like if I'm angry, like say like for instance you got you have it out with somebody right and you be like man I right, I forgive you, but then you see him again and then all of a sudden you just feel a rage. He ain't forgive him. I won't forgive him. Now I can be like I right, you did me dirty. I forgive you as if like you're not living rent free here anymore, but. Like I know where to hold you in the exactly. of my like life. Like instead of you being right here, you over there. Man, and and uh, another reason why, like we gonna pray for God to solve this, your heart. Man, he, he, he's, <laughs> he's, he's working on me. He's working on me. I, I I really do feel like he's working on me. Progression, but, not perfection. Um, yeah, there we go. Like for an example, as we going into you know our council culture. Drew Brees. Yeah. Drew. Drew Brees. That was so disappointing. Now, he has done a lot for the community of New Orleans during his tenure there. He's one of those white people that just sort of just deviated from the question, not said nothing. Hey. It's okay to just shut the fuck up and just observe, as stated earlier. Right. Catch a ball. Yeah. <laughs> but for his comments that he said, and, you know, I get it. Some some of his teammates forgave him. But I felt like they was too forgiving. But what's his comments? Break it down. Break it down, Sean. So he basically stated, they asked him about how would he feel if... They the players started to kneel again during the anthem, and his thing was he would never agree with anybody disrespecting the flag in any way. Citing, hey, don't kneel during the national anthem. Oh, because both of my grandparents yeah. fought in fought in the World right. War One Vietnam right. War, which is like if he had actually understood why they were kneeling, he wouldn't have made the comment. Yeah, that showed he had. He even though he knelt with his teammates years ago, he had no idea why he was kneeling. He was doing it to save face and try to show and solidarity. That goes back to my comment early. Right, right. It's like you did that, and you're like, "Yeah, we need to kneel for solidarity." But years later, it's like that's forgotten. Now you're saying, "Like, man, if they're gonna basically if they're gonna disrespect the flag, I'm not cool with that." 
But it's like it has nothing to do with the flag, and it never had anything. To hey, do with the flag. guess what, people? The flag is a piece of cloth. Yep. There have been many replicas of the United States flag. The original flag with the 13 stars is not the same fucking flag that flies over right now. But guess what you can't replicate? You cannot replicate a black life. Nope. No matter what form it may come. Shit, all my kids look like me, but they will never (laughs) be me. Yeah. Yeah. But then that also goes to another point. Roger Goodell. Fuck him too. Yeah, coming out the other day. Hey yo, so I had to read that as a script today during the newscast, and I was like, and while he was talking for the sound, I was like, this motherfucker. Yeah, right. <laughs> like, like really? Right. Now saying, oh well, you know, we got it wrong, but it's like y'all didn't take the time to even try to understand. They basically. What and they, so then you start thinking about intentions. Like, do, are you really understanding now? Did you even try to understand it then? And what? All of a sudden, why are you trying to understand now? Goes right. back to my point and my comment what earlier. What are your intentions? You white person trying to save face for right. the black people. Right. If it's if it's if if it's gonna be done, it has to come from a place of wanting to be done. Yep. And that's why I said these Nick, these black people <laughs> need to stop. Call them what they are. Putting balls in their hands. Y'all want to talk about getting people where it hurts their pockets? Stop playing. You ever notice when you watch a sports game, ain't nothing but us playing, and ain't nothing but them in the stands. Yep. Or go to some of these HBCUs. Stop playing. Goes back to yeah. uh, what, see what happened. What's right. old buddy name that was That's the owner of the club? That's a protest for real. Y'all already got money. Sterling. Donald Sterling. Yep. He he on the phone with 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 his little boot thing saying, "Oh, I got these niggas in in my pocket." They gonna get out there and perform for me like it's a fucking minstrel show. But the problem with him it's was modern day slavery anyways. Right. And the problem with him was that he he had incidents leading up to that prior to even outside of the NBA. It's just that so happens that that one got recorded. Guess what, Sean? Right. All these motherfuckers got instances leading up to whatever's going on. I agree. Chauvin. Eighteen a so incidents is prior to George Floyd. Yeah. Right. Exactly. And nobody's nipping it in the bud when it happens. Never. They just pacifying it. And just saying, hey, look, man, you know, we're going to give you some sensitivity training, you know, or so forth. Put you upon the desk for a few months and then put you back out there. But nobody's actually trying, was trying to correct the issue. Malcolm Jenkins is... Uh, uh, decorated, athletic, wealthy version of Wu. Because even when Drew Brees came out with that half-ass apology, Michael G was like, nah, fuck that. No, he, he accepted it. It took him a minute. He still said, fuck you and fuck that. <clears throat> you know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah, I, 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 might, I might put it on the back burner, but I'm, I'm still looking at your ass side eye. And see, the thing is, like, his teammates, even though they're like, hey, man, we forgive you, you know, the stand that you do, whatever, whatever, like, that relationship is never going to be the same. No. It's not going to be the same. And that's what's being forgiven. That's like It's almost for- like, all right, I heard what you had to say. You cool, but I know where you stand now. I'm going to hit you over there now. Okay. I'm going to handle you accordingly. Right. That, now, 
let's talk about, all right, <clears throat> we could be so forgiving to the white people, but not our own people. Right. Oh, my goodness. Right. Because did the black delegation turn on Trina? Yeah. The baddest <laughs> bitch. Yeah. Man, they cancel her ass quick. And hold on, before I go into that, man, another thing, too. <coughs> Fuck all these apologies. If Say you that say something, say that if you fuck that shit, <laughs> right. Like her Asha said. <laughs> you said that shit, you meant that shit. Stick and by your shit. And trying to clean it up. Mm-hmm. So you don't lose your fan base. No. Exactly. That you said no, that you said what you said. Right. <coughs> Stick behind what you said. Right. You know what I'm saying? Trina got on her on her morning show with Trick. And, you know, just look, I can I, I can see anytime when somebody speaks, I can understand where they're coming from. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like all this shit that's going on right now with Trina, Drew Brees. I understand what you was trying to get across, but hey, guess what? The timing is not no, right. This ain't the time. It's not the time. <laughs> People are hypersensitive. Like yeah, I said, just, hey, guess what you need all. to do? Yeah. Even some of those black folk, shut the fuck up. Right. And observe. <laughs> right. It's like, Don't say shit. But if you if you gonna say it, stick stand, stand by, by your shit. Yeah. <clears throat> you know what I'm saying? But going back to Trina, you know what I'm saying? She got on their morning show and she said that they need to change the curfew. From 6 p.m. to 6 a.m. Lock these animals up. Mm. Doing all this looting and riding. As we delve deeper into it. After she, you know what I'm saying. She came out and she talked about it. I guess one of her friends or somebody she knew. Their stores got looted and, and fucked up. I, I know where you come, You was coming from an emotional point. Yeah. But guess what? When you said lock those animals up. And the ones that's in the streets that were looting and rioting and protesting on black people, yeah, we're going to feel a certain type of way. Because throughout history, white people, slave owners have been calling us monkeys. Porch monkeys. As as Asha said earlier, the word for the climate right now is triggered. Yeah. It's triggered. Like, yeah. Everybody's triggered, man. So, like... And that's why I think that it's very... Like, I understand people are... It's hypersensitive, like, time right now. But that's why you have to be very particular and conscious of the words you use because you don't know how the next person is going to... How it's going to affect them or their thought process or take what you said and interpret it one way or the other. Man, I always feel like you're going to get the truth out of emotional people, yeah, drunks, oh, yeah, definitely. and young kids. Yep. I show them that guy in my son, Jesus. <laughs> oh. oh, that little one I got. Ooh. Oh, she's a light skinned woman. Oh, man, my son don't pull no punches. Boy. At all. Goodness. But that's where you're going to get the truth from. Mm-hmm. And stick by what you say, man. Now, I, I do I I do once again I love what's going on because we are now getting behind our black people, our black businesses. Big time. Man, I cannot tell you the last week when I just get on Facebook 
<coughs> recommendations for a black owned so and so, for a black owned hair care uh, uh, store, mm. for a black owned phone repair company, for a black owned restaurant, black owned this, black owned that. We should have been getting behind our black people. We have a, a bad rep with doing business with oh, us. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, we do. But I mean. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, I love I love where we're going with that and I think that it's needed. Yeah. That's the only way after this time we're gonna build up our black communities. Man, it's been said so many times in the music. Jay Z when he came out with the four 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 album. Shit. Half of that album he, he was talking about black people buying blocks, buying buildings, putting back into the community. Mm-hmm. Shit did it with the whole black excellence movement. With the with all, all the you know what I'm saying the people that's that's have their own alcohols man um getting behind that stuff even here in Mobile with Mark mm-hmm. you know hell Mark got down buying up blocks and shit downtown yep. and fixing them up slowly yep. but he fixing them up mm-hmm. investing our communities and I, I love the narrative that that's going on right now. It's it's much needed. It's like banks. Right, yes. Right. People yes. just bring an awareness to these things. Yeah, and I think also sparking that we need to do better. Yeah. If you want if you want better and you want you can't you can't depend on somebody else to give you better. So again, having those people have professions in those things to elevate and then and then pour back in to where those communities that are lacking that education and lacking those resources and being there for them to Educate. Man, like like I uh <clears throat> I mean shit, probably somebody else said it, but I'm gonna call this motherfucker as as my turn. <laughs> Gosh. Create the change. Yeah. And be the change. Right. You wanna see something change in the community, man? Create that change. If nobody else doing it, don't wait on nobody else to do it. Right. You get out there and do it. You create that change, you be the change, you push the change. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like with 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 our platform. <clears throat> you know, it's been an idea of mine for years. I, I spoke, I spoke to Jay, I spoke to you on numerous times, man. Let, hey, let's start a podcast. Uh, shit, I, one day I was just like, "Fuck it, I'm gonna start this motherfucker." See how it turned out. Mm-hmm. And then you know, y'all came on board. I created that change. Yeah, y'all are being a part of the change. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't look at it as me doing this by myself. But then again, I feel like a lot of times, you know, we were talking about it over the break, about people needing validation. You know, instead of just seeing that change and wanting that change and just doing it, people will be on Facebook, if I did this, how many of y'all will listen? Who the fuck cares? Right. Just do it. <laughs> right, right. And it'll gain traction as it as it needs to and as necessary. Don't look for validation because of an idea that you want to do and feeling like because people are not sharing stuff, you don't have that support. You can be reaching people all across this country and not even be asking and pumping for it like you like you man, for, be. for an example, man, like <clears throat> I was talking to one of our classmates like a couple of days ago. And we was we was talking about something else. And before we got off the phone, she was like, Oh yeah, well, I saw when Gerald posted uh about your podcast, I just been super busy, but I'm gonna listen. And I said, Man, take your time. Cool. Right. You know. Just, hey, I know you're going to get around to it. If, if you like it, you like it. If you don't, you don't. But tell me what you think about it. Yeah. You know? And 
when we was talking during the break, like, man, when I do stuff, I don't look for validation. Yeah. Because those people that, like you said, if they get on there and say, hey, if I do this, how many people going to listen? How many people going gonna, gonna, uh, gonna to support this? Uh, or, you know what I'm saying? You're supposed to do something out the kindness of your heart, but you want to get on there and, and post pictures with likes and comments. Right. What is your heart like? Right. What is your purpose? What is your intent? Right. You know, like you said, quit looking for that validation. Man, that's just the society we in now, man. It's like all about, you know, because the thing is, too, you know, I'm just thinking about the podcast. We started off like we had like minimal listeners, you know what I'm saying? Like sound issues, all kinds of stuff, right? Mm-hmm. But we were just like, look, we're going to progress and we're going to get better each week. And as we got better, we gained more subscribers. Right. But people don't want to go through the beginning stages of anything. Mm-hmm. They just want it to instantly be where it's supposed to be. Right. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, you can't you can't expect to shine without the struggle. Can't. You can't at all. So it's just like, if don't look for somebody to be like, hey, I support you. How about you just do it and then just watch the support come? Man, because what I told you, man, and I, I said this to Jay before too. Look, when we if we do something, it's going to be people that's going to support. It's going to be people that's going to hate. Yep. But they might tune in maybe that one or two times. Or they may be following just to see if we're going to fail. But guess what? They they viewing. They listening. You know what I'm saying? They they watching to see what you do. Yeah. And I feel like during this time right now, and 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 I think and I feel that this silver lining is gonna elevate the black community to where we need to. I think more people are gonna start investing into ourselves. Whatever the case may be. Yeah. And I think we're going to get back to that black Wall Street that that was once stood tall in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Tulsa fucking Oklahoma, man. Ain't nothing out in Tulsa. Ain't nothing out in Oklahoma, period. But the thunder. Ain't Pastor Todd in Oklahoma? Yeah. I love him. But you know, like, 428, like, they in Tulsa. It's terrible. And man, black businesses, black banks, man, we finna get back to where we need to be. Yeah, definitely. We pushing the narrative. We pushing that quota. We pushing black excellence, and I think that's where we need to be, man. Another person, like I've been, I've heard this so much within the last two to three years. When you leave this earth, what legacy are you going to leave behind? Mm -hmm. And I feel like if more of us get that embedded in us, uh, the world is going to be in trouble. Because we've been so self-sufficient all these years. From the time we fucking got over here. Where do you think soul food came from? The black church, Negro spirituals. Mm-hmm. We gonna get back to that. We gonna get back to that. At the same time, 
canceling these stupid motherfuckers in the world. Like Lil Brian dumbasses. <laughs> Lil Brian. Y'all, it's so upsetting. I was gonna do a story with him, but I was like, eh, I'm not gonna do it anymore. <laughs> right. You just, you, even my grandma was like, dang, I can't even get the 99 cent eggs no more. Nah, Granny. Yeah, because he lacked the stupid. Uh, I gotta find somewhere else to go get some eggs. Granny, you might well go ahead and yeah, pay 119 like, at Walmart. Yeah, I was like, you can't you can't go get them now. It's rough. And 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 you know what? <laughs> That's just powerful right here in the city of Mobile. Right. Where Pritchard. <clears throat> right. right. You know. They got two locations. Right. They got one in Theodore and one in, in Pritchard, eight mm-hmm. miles. Yep. And man, boy, that just sh- that goes to show you like when when black people have a, have a strong feeling and a purpose about standing up for something that's right. Yep. What we can accomplish in this time. Yep. <laughs> can nobody nobody will be able to. We'll stand what we got. Yep. Yep. That motherfucker, he haven't shown his face at that location. Yeah, because I mean, ain't. Has he ever been open? I don't, I don't know. Not at that location. Open. I passed yeah. by the one in Pritchett today. I mean, the, <laughs> the open side was flashing with nobody in there. When nobody was shopping there. So it's like, you know, that's, and that's just one example. Mm-hmm. You know, it was like, because that's where he was getting, that was his prime customer base. Yeah. I mean, hell, you're in a black community. What the, what the hell? Right, exactly. And then you say something like that, and they like, fine, we're just not going to spend our money with you anymore. Right. And he's suckling every day. Mm-hmm. But then I even saw people like this one black guy in particular um, kind of came to his, his defense and was like, man, what did you get yourself into? He's not like that. He's not a racist person. Da, 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 da. And I'm just like, but your friend posted this. So right. Maybe you should check his ass. Hey, man. Consequences, man. <laughs> and then again, with him not showing his face to really address it and apologize and explain yourself, but you had your parents to do it for you. Right. And they're sitting there, we try to teach him what to do and be a good person and da 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 da. And he's scared. He was scared to come here. <laughs> The screenshots don't lie. <laughs> the right. receipts is still there. In his phone, honey. Right. Jeez, man. Man. But I, so, I, what, what y'all? I'm sorry. Go nah, ahead. I was like, I think that kind of, you know, we already talked about kind of like where we see this going. Yeah. You know, it's just like I think we're moving in a good, the right, a good direction. You know, for once, and you know, I just pray that we continue to move in that direction. You know, just continue to be peaceful. You know, say what we have to say, but let our actions follow it. And right. then I love the voter registration is getting out there. Local elections count; they matter. Oh yeah. And again, like we were talking before we even started recording, was getting people in these positions to be able to make those changes as well. Um, whether you're being a judge, you're a lawyer, you know, whatever, you're a doctor, getting those aspirations for kids at a young age to be back where they need to be versus 
the bling bling money, right? Cars and all that flashy stuff. So yeah, I mean, just going back to uh to our episode last week when we had James Abelhart here running for uh first congressional district one for the U.S. Congress, man. We need people. The elections start at the local level. Mm-hmm. We need people in these places that understand our struggles. Mm-hmm. You look at the demographics of each area. You need people to voice the concerns of the individuals that make up that area. You know what I'm saying? Like, if we have more people in office, like the mayor in D.C., mm-hmm. like the mayor in uh, like Keisha Lance Bottoms in Atlanta, yeah. that are out there pushing the envelope, getting our word across. I think uh, maybe, I think the mayor, it might have been the mayor in, in Minneapolis or Minnesota, uh, pushing the envelope against those officers. Mm-hmm. We need more people to understand our voices, to, to hear our voices, to push our agenda, to push our rights. Because if we don't have those people fighting for us, we don't have nobody. We stuck. to be stuck, yeah. So, I mean, it's right. We need to get out of here, man. If you're not registered to vote, get out there and register to vote. Go online. It's going to be voter registration, poll, you know, up all, all over the city. Because local elections are, are here next month. You got the runoff, yeah. July 14th. July 14th. Next month. Mobile, the Mobile area. Yeah. Yeah. So we got to get out here. We got to vote these people, man. We got we got to make sure we have somebody in there that's going to understand us and get our our points across. And, uh, man, um, I just want to say that, you know, the, the good homie Alexis Bell, he, uh, and I commend, I commend my brother, man. I, I talked to him just about, like, every, maybe every day. He works offshore. But we talk like every day, either through a text message or some on Instagram, Facebook, whatever. And he is organizing a prayer march in Mobile, June 14th, which is next Sunday at 3 p.m. The Public Safety Park, which is also known as the Skateboard Park, down by the loop. Across from the checkers, yep. the hungry highways and the food sacks. <laughs> because we know y'all know where everything is if you're dealing with food. <laughs> but my 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 brother has planned this, orchestrated. He told me that he's gonna have some police officers that are gonna be marching with us from the skateboard park. To the police headquarters right there. It's not far. 3 p.m. June 14th. 2020. That's a Sunday. So. As many people. As possible. Show up. Let's walk these few blocks. Let's just get a prayer in man. Asha said it. You know. we hey, One thing about black people man. We stick to our faith. We might not be the most religious people in the world, but hey, one thing we can we can say like when it comes to church and faith, 
Hey, we gonna be there. Cause what's the first thing you say when somebody cut you off? Lord Jesus. Calling <laughs> 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 on his name. Lord, Lord Jesus. <laughs> oh. Really? Oh my God. Lord have mercy, Lord exactly. Jesus. Exactly. Yeah. That's that subconscious, though. I mean, he's there. Like, right. Jesus, come on now. Come on, come on, come on. Jesus, be a fence. Right. <laughs> hey, nobody but God saved your life. Peace be still. Right. <laughs> yes, uh, man. Uh, well, that was uh, a lot to unpack this week. Yeah, man. But it was needed. Yeah. It was much needed. Yeah. Uh, Shit, I don't have nothing else to say, man. I'm good. Ash. Jay. Let conversations continue to be had. Man, please, hey, whatever we doing during this time, whatever you're doing, if you're out there protesting, if you're out there marching, if you're out there standing up for your rights, our rights, George Floyd, be safe. Yeah. Be safe. safe. Know why you doing it. Yeah. Do it for a purpose. Not just for show. If you say something and you, that's what your words are, stick by your words. You know what I'm saying? We're we going to get that, black people. I promise. Oh, there you go. <laughs> We're going to get there. I promise we are. And, I, and me personally, I, I really do feel like it's moving in the direction that it needs to be moved. Yeah. Our voices are being heard. We're getting there. And uh, one more thing before I go, man, for the people that's that's viewing on the YouTube page, um, yeah, I see I got a shirt on, man. And shit, that's how we feel, man. Being black. Ain't easy. I like that uh, meme of like being black is dangerous, but it's lit as fuck. Yeah. <laughs> hey, man. It's I, dangerous, black, but it's lit. <laughs> my black ass been black since I came out of the womb, man. <laughs> and it ain't changing. I ain't got the bit of vitiligo. Boy, you got you got all of the melanin over there. All of them. <laughs> all of them. But uh, shout out to the homie man T. Uh, you can follow her on Instagram, Lucy of Louisiana. And she made this shirt, man, and I'm supporting. Also, don't forget about the the OGT for the Wisdoms podcast. Yeah. You know, uh, hey, man, this is our platform. Anybody that wants to voice their opinions and concerns and comments, if you don't like nothing that we said today, hey, come on, come on, tell us why. And get ready for for this backlash because I'm gonna give I'm it to say, you. Are you gonna be receptive to it? Or I'm gonna no? be. I'm gonna. I'm gonna hear. You gonna hear? Uh, he, I'm gonna hear. He may just stand on the table. <laughs> no, nah, I can't pay for this. Tim ain't gonna hurt me. Yeah, I'm gonna say we won't have nowhere. Nah, I just I just have to stand up like real big on the wood on the flat. But man, look, this is another episode of Woods, man. It is the pleasure of sitting here each and every week. And voicing our opinions and having y'all listen and view us, man. It's a blessing in itself. Support black businesses. Support black business owners. Build up our communities, our areas. Support black black platforms. Support black. Yeah.
Yeah. We need it. Get us to to that Black Wall Street mecca again. It's Woo Isms. It's your boy Woo. It's your boy Big Hands. And we out. All right. Hey. Thanks for listening to another episode of Woo Isms, hosted by your boy Woo and the homie Big Hands. Please make sure you follow us on all social media platforms at Wooisms Pod. You can find me on IG at K underscore D underscore Wooten and Big Hess on IG at Big underscore Hessley. As always, to know Woo is to know Woo. Peace out.